Welcome to this week's Daily Info Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. This week I've got Beethoven and a bear. I've got Razorlight Romans and some really good comedy. <laughs> I've got Kings, Knitting and Killers of Canines. And I've got Human Curling, a gurning contest and some gong relaxation if all that's a bit too much. <laughs> But let's start with our Oxford fact, and this week we thought we'd do an Alice in Wonderland related one, because it was Alice Day on Saturday, you may have seen our page about it. Uh, So my fact for this week is that Alice in Wonderland was actually banned in Hunan, which is a province in China, in 1931, because General Ho Chian uh, thought that it was insulting to have humans and animals on the same level, and to have animals speaking in the book. Um, and he didn't want people, the people of China, to start thinking that animals were as worthy as humans. So he banned it. So that's the fact. Uh, but I went on to sort of start thinking about animals that are on the same level or maybe even above humans. And uh, there are quite a few of them on the internet these days. And there are quite a few animals on Twitter that have many, many followers. Uh, one of the biggest ones, Sockington the Cat. Has anyone, anyone heard of this? Yeah? So Sockington has 1.3 million Twitter followers. And in 2011, it's not the case anymore, but a few years ago, this was more than ESPN had on Twitter. So this cat, I don't even know what this cat does. Walk on the keyboard? Or? It's, is it that one? I don't think it's that one. The keyboard cat, no? That's a different one. Well, there you go. He's famous for wow. something. Does anyone have a, a famous, uh, a favourite internet animal i follow marnie the dog Mm -hmm. um on instagram yeah pretty funny what does he do just sort of sticks his tongue out and walks funny okay Um, there's a cat in japan that's officially a station master right so basically the station staff adopted him and they were told no you you can't keep an animal here this is a train station so they made him the manager Ah. (laughs) Um, does he do any managerial roles um i believe his role is primarily ceremonial okay um (laughs) fair enough Anyway, so that is the Oxford Fact of the Week. But let's move on to our events now. And as always, for the summer, we've got lots of outdoor Shakespeare. So we're going to do our Shakespeare of this week. And what have we got, Katie? Uh, This week's Shakespeare is from the Oxford Theatre Guild. It is King Lear. And it's being performed at Merton College Gardens from the 7th to the 18th of July. Um, We've had a review already. It's all very positive. Here are some quotes from it. The performance was very enjoyable and engaging, and it should be noted that no prior knowledge is necessary. That's good with Shakespeare, some people struggle to sort of engage with it. Um, The actors really breathed life into these fragile characters, and there was no woodenness about them. It's good again. Yeah. The performance was impeccable, mixing perfectly delivered lines with elements of fun, feasting and drinking. So, yeah, very high praises for the performance and the actors. It's their 60th birthday as well. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. So the plot is King Lear loses his family, his kingdom and his mind, and it's all set in a 1980s-themed apocalyptic world. It's very Mad Max, uh, judging by the pictures. And they recommend you bring a blanket, and if there's wet weather, not to worry, they've got an indoor venue. Great. 
Um, tickets are £9 to £15 and it starts at 7.30 and there's a matinee on Saturday the 11th at 2.30. So yeah, go along. Great, well, for some music now, there's going to be a concert tomorrow night at Christchurch Cathedral. This is a concert to commemorate the 50th anniversary of T.S. Eliot's death. Uh, most people know this modernist poet. He is quite famous. Uh, and at this concert, they're going to be um, reading from his work, The Four Quartets, which is a collection of four poems that Eliot published over six years. It is considered one of his greatest works, but I don't know how people feel about that. Um, they're mainly about uh, man's relationship with time, the universe, and the divine. Um, the divine in, I think, the most religious sense in this case, uh, which was, is one of the criticisms of his work. But anyway, it should be a really good reading, uh, and it's going to be accompanied, well, not the actual reading, but during the concert there's also going to be a performance of Beethoven's String Quartet, Opus 132, uh, which is a nice one, although quite gloomy, I think, mainly, which probably is why T.S. Eliot liked it, I don't know. Um, it is thought that this was kind of the main influence for the four quartets, which I guess is why they're putting these two together. Tickets cost £20, but this includes a glass of wine in the interval as well, always a nice treat, and you can get tickets from ticketsoxford.com, or I guess you can get them on the night, but I... I would imagine this will be quite a popular event, so it's quite worth getting them before. It's at 8pm tomorrow night at Christchurch Cathedral. So from poetry to patterns, I spoke to Joe Watkins from Darnet and Stitch about all things haberdashery. Can you list all the things you sell? I'm quite curious. Okay, all right. Okay, so <laughs> Here's your challenge. Uh, knitting yarns. Uh -huh. Um, and crochet, you know, for knitting crochet, whatever you fancy doing, um, and all the implements that go with that, so hooks and needles. Um, I'm sort of mentally walking around the shop here. Uh, we've got <laughs> buttons, we do bias bindings, we do, that's for putting edges on clothing and things when you've made it. Mm. Pattern books, patterns, um, all sorts of trims, ribbons, um, sewing patterns, fabric, different fabrics. Um, gosh, I'm trying to walk around there. And then there's a big, big sort of drawer unit which has got all sorts of, I mean, anything from bodkins to bobbins and everything in between. Yeah. So um, I'd be here for a very long time if I read out my <laughs> stock take. Oh, gosh. But they're the main, the main meat of it is yeah. ribbons, buttons, yarn, and fabric. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the uh, most unusual thing you stock Ooh. in terms of sewing and what, haberdashery? Unusual? Yeah. Like I'd most say, difficult to source. Oh, well, yeah. we've got a very unique yarn. Mm. Um, if you like your knitting and, and you're a bit of a yarn fan, we've got Oxford Kitchen Yarns, which oh. is a lovely lady called Katie. Um, grows the dyes in her garden and then she dyes the yarn in her kitchen wow. in Headington. And then she delivers it to us. So we're the only person in the world that stock Oxford Kitchen Yarns. And it's a, it's a real sort of like, they're like collector's pieces, if you like. Yeah. You know, your fibres and things. Because each... Batch is different, so the colours she would have come up with, they're all natural, but they all um, come out differently every time, and they're beautiful. So that would I, I would say that was the most un unusual one. That's one that tourists love, because yeah. it's unique to Oxford. You can't get it anywhere else. So. Oh, that's, that's incredible. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah she's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to listen to the full interview, listen to the Oxcast Extra to hear about Jo's favourite patterns and what she has planned for the future. Moving on to look at the weekend now, from Friday to Sunday, it's Cornbury Festival, which describes itself as a festival disguised as a country fair. So this Leah's lineup has some enormous names, uh, including Razorlight, The Fratellis, Tom Jones, Lulu, Chaz and Dave, and Billy Ocean, to name just a few. 
Um, I should point out it's quite a civilised festival. Um, it describes itself as family-friendly, and so as well as the music across four stages, there's going to be a comedy stage, a spoken word tent, a fully programmed children's area, arts and crafts stalls, roaming entertainers, and a fairground, um, which sounds cool. quite exciting. Um, the festival is located in the Great Tew Estate um, in sort of Greater Oxfordshire. And as a side note, if you are planning to travel by train, um, be aware that there is actually industrial action starting today. Um, so basically, First Great Western staff are currently striking over the proposed changes to staffing levels when they bring in the new Hitachi trains in 2017. Um, if you're interested, read up on it. It's quite an interesting case. Um, but it does mean that trains will be disrupted from tonight until Saturday. So do check before you travel. Um, tickets are still available, both as day tickets and camping tickets, so if you fancy, you can give Cornbury a try. If you want to find out any more about any of these events, you can check them out on our website in the What's On section. If the trains do fail you, you can find a decent taxi firm. To find any tickets that are on sale for Cornbury, please check our tickets page. And if you're heading to the festival and have forgotten the small matter of buying a tent, you can head onto the sales section of our website. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter as at Daily Info Oxford. You can search for us on Facebook by first searching for Daily Info Oxford or follow us on Instagram at Daily Info Oxford. You can also subscribe to our Oxcast on iTunes to get it delivered straight to you every Wednesday. But let's continue now with the next thing that's on for the weekend. Friday and Saturday, Opera Anywhere are having a double bill of short comic operas. This is at Waterperry Gardens. It starts at 6pm, so they're going to be doing the first one at 6, and then there's a break for about an hour where you can have a picnic and other things in the gardens, and then the next one will be at 8. So make an evening of it if you go along, bring some food, whatever you want. Uh, the operas that they're putting on this year are The Bear and The Old Maid and The Thief. So The Bear is an opera by William Walton, and it's about Popova, if that's how you say it, I think it's originally Russian, uh, who is mourning her, her late husband. And then this guy, Smirnov, appears to bring her the terrible news that her husband, Popov, was actually unfaithful during their marriage. So they have a big fight, but then they end up falling in love. So that's basically the plot of that one. The Old Maid and the Thief uh, was originally commissioned by NBC just for the radio so now um, they've made it a performance as well so I guess it's altered in a bit but I think there's a lot of, I think every scene starts with a, a radio announcement kind of thing I'm not really sure but anyway that should be an interesting one to see. Um, this is by Giancarlo Minotti and I think he also did the English libretto or he definitely did the libretto and then they changed it into English, I'm not sure um, and this is about the evils of women um, <laughs> so it's a very long one then so yeah well I actually I thought it was going to be I don't know if anyone's read Orla's review at, of um, Intermezzo at Garsington uh, you can find that on our website but I thought it might be a bit along those lines but it actually sounds quite good um, so the main the maid in it Miss Todd is you know your classic spinster I suppose and her servant Letitia doesn't want her to end up that way doesn't want herself to end up that way either and so she orchestrates this whole debacle with a man called Bob um, <laughs> pretending he's a thief and then he gets drunk and then it all goes horribly wrong anyway sounds quite funny sounds very good Opera Anywhere are a brilliant company we've spoken about them before on the Oxcast um, we've got reviews of their previous shows as well last year they did 
Pirates of Penzance at Waterbury. So you can read our review of that and uh, lots of other things that they've done. So do check out these two operas that they're doing over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, starting at 6pm at Waterbury Gardens. Tickets are £16 or £14 for concessions. Saturday sees this year's West Oxford Fun Day, organised by the West Oxford Community Association. It's in Botley Park from 1 to 5pm, so drop in for ice creams, DJing, pony rides, etc. on the way back from Toys R Us. <laughs> Extrapolating from my childhood, I'm assuming that's where parents have to be on Saturdays. Um, I mentioned some classic fun day fare, like the barbecues, face painting, live music. But where the West Oxford Fun Day, or WAFT, I, I feel like I want to make it into an acronym, it's a bit long, go beyond this, um, is with activities like a gurn-off, which is backed by popular demand. <laughs> gurning, we, we know gurning, right? That British face-pulling pastime. Uh -huh. Maximum distortion wins. Um, we've got human curling as well, if it's always been your dream to be the puck. Pedal power DJs which is bike powering, I think, um, and some reflexology, taekwondo, and gong relaxation, uh, if some sonic R&R after all that human curling is necessary. <laughs> Something uh, for everyone, then, yeah. by the sound of it. Anyone, anyone with taste, yes. <laughs> anyway, it's a one-point entry for adults, and kids go free, as kids should, so why not make it a summer holiday tradition? And for another thing to take the kids to, uh, this weekend is the start of the 2015 Festival of Archaeology, with events being laid on around the country. Uh, the Ashmolean have absolutely outdone themselves this year, with two weeks of entirely free events, um, which cover basically everything, well, not basically everything, but like, they're so varied. Mm -hmm. um, so there are living history events. Um, on Saturday, there's a chance to meet a Saxon wolf warrior and a Roman federati, who are going to be in the same room at the same time, that's which is a bit strange. <laughs> um, that's between 11 and 3 at the atrium. While on Sunday, um, from 10.30 till 3.30, you can see a Roman fashion show and learn, it, well, this is in inverted commas, learn how to use a quernstone and also presumably learn what a quernstone is. <laughs> yes, that's, that's going to be my next question. Do you know? Um, I've Googled it. Right. Um, it looks to me like it's part of a millstone, so it's like the top oh, bit okay. as opposed to the oh, bottom. I guess we'll have to go and find out. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm intrigued with how it ties in with clothing, because presumably mm. it's some sort of clothes-making thing. Mm. Should have asked Joe from Darnet and Stitch. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, if lectures are your thing, um, at 11am on Sunday, Dr Paul Roberts, who is the museum's keeper of antiquities, will be giving a lecture on private Pompeii, on Roman attitudes towards privacy, and also Roman attitudes towards what is explicit. Um, and there will be some explicit Roman slides on show, um, okay. <laughs> which is always a draw. Um, meanwhile, on Saturday the 25th of July, there are a couple of closing events for the festival, um, and there'll be a chance to hear The Golden Lyre, which is a modern reconstruction of a musical instrument found at the Royal Grave at Ur, which is in southern Iraq, uh, dating to around 2500 BC. Wow. Um, so literally millennia old. Um, all of the events are free, and to see the full programme, you can visit the Ashmolean website. We talked about that Roman uh, jokes talk a little while ago in the podcast, didn't we? Yeah. I wonder if any of that will be in the explicit slideshow. Well, so the thing is, the thing that I'm intrigued by is I looked at the Living History websites, and um, basically the actors claim to maintain like strict character throughout the entire oh, period. Yeah. So how will they react when they meet each other? Because uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're both trained warriors. Um, but Nat, you have something else for the weekend, don't you? 
I do, and this goes back to Katie's Shakespeare of the Week, actually. Um, she told you a little bit about Oxford Theatre Guild. Well, Oxford Theatre Guild are actually going to be holding auditions on Sunday for their Christmas play, which is going to be Season's Greetings by Alan Ackbourne, uh, directed by Simon Tavener, who you may remember from Legally Blonde, that recently came to the new theatre. We've got a review uh, and an interview with the Legally Blonde cast as well, if you want to check that out. These auditions are going to be on Sunday at the United Reformed Church, which is in Summertown. They're from 2.30 till 4, and the play is going to be for the 1st to the 5th of December. So they're getting them in early, and there's, if the process is going to go on for a couple of days. I think there's a first round on Sunday, uh, and then, well, there's well, maybe two rounds on Sunday. Then there's uh, callbacks by invitation. So on Sunday, what you can expect to do is to be given extracts from a different play, not from this play, um, and then it's kind of a fun and informal 90-minute uh, chat with various um, other people auditioning that day. Um, so don't prepare anything, don't feel like you have to know which character you want to be, just uh, turn up and see how things go, I think, and then the callbacks, they'll get more specific with scripts and things like that. So if you are interested in, in acting and you want to be in this play, then definitely check this out. They've got much more information on their website about the auditions, about membership to the Guild, um, policy for the auditions, the actual roles and the lines that each character has and things like that. Um, so do go to oxfordtheatreguild.com if you want to find out more. The actual play is about, it's a comedy, uh, it's about uh, a group of middle-class RYPs who all go for d Christmas dinner around a friend's house um, and a lot of hilarity ensues. Uh, it was picked up by the National Theatre who um, performed it with Catherine Tate, Nicola Walker and Mark Gattis in it. So it's, it's a funny one, it's a popular one, so it should be really good. Um, so if you are interested in acting and you want to get involved in the Oxford Theatre Guild, then do go along to the United Reformed Church in Summertown on Sunday between 2.30 and 4. And from drama to comedy. Uh, next week, the Library Pub is playing host to the Mild Friends Comedy Festival, which is a chance to see some really exciting sort of up-and-coming performers uh, before they actually head off to the Fringe. So every night's a double bill, with Finn Taylor and Ivo Graham on Monday, um, Adam Hess and Lolly Adafope on Tuesday, Jack Barry and Lou Sanders on Wednesday, before drawing to a close with Ed Gamble and Liam Williams on Thursday. Tickets are £5 to see both shows, with the first starting at 7.30 and the second at 9, or £3 to attend just one show. And if you only go to one, I really, really recommend Liam Williams' show. Um, he's one third of the sketch group Sheeps, and on his own he does this sort of really dry, cynical stand-up. Um, he's been described a couple of times by a couple of people as the sort of Philip Larkin of comedy which is a sort of soundbite that stuck to him in a way that perhaps isn't, isn't ideal from his perspective. <laughs> um, so, for example, it's quite sort of cerebral, so he'll, he'll do jokes about quoting Slavoj Zizek but never having read any. Um, last year, his show at the Fringe, Capitalism, uh, did amazingly well. Um, it got five-star reviews, it was nominated for the main Perrier Award. So if you fancy seeing him without having to queue, you can catch both him and Ed Gamble for a fiver on Thursday at the Library Pub. From comedy back to drama... National Theatre's Curious Instant of the Dog in the Nighttime is coming to the New Theatre in Oxford on the 14th to the 18th of July. The production is based on the book by Mark Haddon and tells the story of Christopher, a 15-year-old boy who is very gifted at maths but who struggles with everyday life. When he discovers his neighbour's dog dead after being stabbed with a pitchfork, he resolves to find out who is responsible, making him face his fears and turning his world upside down. 
I've actually seen this performance um, at the Aylesbury Theatre, the Waterside Theatre, and it's amazing. The set is just incredible. I don't really want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but it's, the set is basically big screens all the way round, and it's totally interactive. It's a very physical theatre piece, so there aren't many props or set pieces. The actors just sort of use boxes and their bodies to create mm-hmm. the scene. I wonder how that will translate to the new theatre. Yeah. Interesting. Be interesting. Um, and there's also live animals, which is always a bonus. Um, yeah, it's a great show, and it really helps raise awareness about um, people on the autistic spectrum. It gives an insight to what it's like to experience world, uh, the world when you have Asperger's. So yeah, it's a really good piece. Um, ticket prices start at £11.90, and it's suitable for people above the age of 11. So yeah, I'd recommend going to see it. And if you want to buy a dog yourself, then you can have a look on our pets page. I think it might mainly be cats on there at the moment, but there is a uh, dog, there is a dog yeah. so have a look there. Um, if you do end up going, you can leave a review at our review section. To find out what other theatre productions are happening, check out our events page. And if for any particular reason you need to get your hands on a pitchfork, um, why not check our gardening equipment? No suggestions of what to do there. <laughs> do follow us on social media. We're on Twitter as at Daily Info Oxford. You can search for us on Facebook by searching Daily Info Oxford. And you can follow us on Instagram. We are Daily Info Oxford. Mm, 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 mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info.